section forty nine masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain the negro lawyer his opportunity his duty by w ashby hawkins of the baltimore bar gentlemen the legal profession is without doubt in the lead its devotees outrank all others in service to the government and they come the closest in personal contact to the individual this is denied of course and always will be denied by men of all other professions but when the roster of the world's lawyers who have faithfully and efficiently served humanity in every conceivable way is pitted against that of the others the question is relieved of all doubt the negro lawyer is no longer an experiment he has been severely tried from within and without and he has proved his worth his place in our economy is fixed he has demonstrated his capacity to serve and to serve well and for all of this both the lawyer and the race he is helping to advance are under lasting obligations to howard university she has to her credit more men who are actively and successfully pursuing their calling than any other institution of learning in this land the negro race is probably to-day in greater need of consecrated lawyers than it is of pious priests the time has come for the lawyer to take his place in the lead we are celebrating this year the fiftieth anniversary of our emancipation and paradoxical though it may be we appear further from emancipation to-day than when lincoln signed his emancipation proclamation or when lee surrendered at appomattox it is quite true that we have an immensely larger realty holding to our credit that our financial worth is constantly on the increase that our illiteracy is rapidly reaching the vanishing point and that in all matters spiritual as well as temporal we seem to have improved but the closer we approximate the standard of life and living of the dominant race all the harder apparently have we to fight to maintain our self-respect and preserve the rights and privileges which the letter of our american law guarantees when we were slaves and had nothing except our muscles there was no thought of separate car laws when we were ignorant and powerless to think coherently there were no efforts at our disfranchisement when we were poverty-stricken and satisfied if we might live in the alleys of our great american cities there was no thought of segregation whether in the matter of our residences or in that of the employees of our much-heralded republican government with every increase in accomplishment or worth or demand for the better things of life comes the burden of wrongs injustice and rash discrimination it would be idle here to attempt to recount in detail the grievances we justly have against the government in city state and nation to do so further than the purpose i have in view would be to tell you what you full well know the negro race needs a change of viewpoint another leadership is an absolute necessity and i see no reason why men of our profession should not attain it for years we have had in the ascendancy the prophets of submission and silence 
and we have been taught to declare for peace when we knew there was no peace no other element in our great nation except that of ourselves is content with things as they are accepting without protest every new injustice in the vain hope that some day would bring about a change for the better we have lulled ourselves to sleep with this fatalism and what is the result we have noted the practical nullification of every act suggested or inspired by the changing conditions in the lives and property of freedmen brought about by the civil war disfranchisement in every southern state is as fixed and determinate as the indifference of the negroes of those sections or the practices of all political parties can make it separate and therefore inferior accommodations on public conveyances are the rule and we have endured these conditions so long that it would appear almost cruel now to undertake or to ask a change we have noted further and this is the saddest of all that our inactivity in claiming our rights or our indifference about their recognition has not only emboldened our enemies but it has silenced our friends we have seen with increasing alarm the judicial construction of statutes and the constitution itself which all but vitiate and annul the basis of our citizenship we have seen repeated attempts made to discredit the war amendments to the national constitution and some have in all seriousness gone so far even as to question their constitutionality every student of our common law has always been sure of the right to private property and the corollaries thereto but it is just in the present year that a court of last resort in a neighboring state in an interpretation of one of these new conceptions a segregation ordinance declared that while the one under investigation was invalid that the municipality enacting it might under its police powers make provision for the segregation of the races in the matter of their residences schools churches and places of public assembly the law is not a fixed science it is more properly growth a development what is not regarded as law to-day may by the inactivity or indifference of those most deeply concerned become the law of the next decade so we behold to-day our rights and liberties drifting away from us and that regarded as the law which years ago we deemed impossible what are we to do you say what can we do the lawyers trained here and in other institutions of learning must answer these questions and in finding their answers will be their opportunity the adjudication of the conflicting interests of mankind the interpretation of our statutes and our common law the determination of rights and privileges of all men is a judicial function what rights we enjoy to-day have come in the final analysis from the courts what rights we find ourselves to-day deprived of and which we hope to enjoy to-morrow must come if at all from the same source the courts have the last word and it is to that instrument of government we must appeal and to that last word we must look for our safety or fear our doom but courts are not self-acting institutions and they are not engaged in academic discussions of abstractions they are severely serious it may be that like so many americans we have lost faith in the courts and heaven knows we have had 
abundant reason for so doing but there's hope they have too often and too long listened to the clamours of public opinion put too much faith and credit in the utterances of latter-day journalism colouring their opinions to suit the one or to escape the criticism of the other under the pernicious doctrine of public policy and in fortifying that undefined and indefinable legal notion of police power courts have wiped aside constitutional limitations and disregarded what the profession at least had learned to consider as almost fixed precedents of the law but even with all these defects admitted there remains the startling truth that to these governmental agencies we must look for the righting of our wrongs and the redress of our grievances we have shunned the courts too often in our temporal affairs fearing it seems further adverse decisions or waiting a proper adjustment at some other forum in my own state it might now be compulsory upon you or any other decent self-respecting person of the race in travelling from here to new york or elsewhere in the north to ride in the so-called jim crow cars provided by an indulgent maryland legislature for negro patrons of its railroads had it not have been for a member of the faculty of this institution william h h hart knew that legislation of that character was an attempt to restrict interstate traffic and the court of appeals of maryland agreed with him the case of state versus hart reported in one hundred m d at page five ninety five is a landmark in our maryland law and under its influence jim crow cars have almost disappeared from the railroads of our state another distinguished member of the faculty of howard university but of another department in travelling over the railroads in the eastern part of our state last fall discovered that the compartments provided by the roads for their coloured passengers in point of cleanliness appointment and convenience were notably inferior to those furnished others he complained to the public service commission and after a full hearing the commission passed a decree requiring these railroads to furnish accommodations to his coloured passengers equal in all respects to that furnished others this is exactly what the separate car law provides but it is exactly what the railroads had never intended to furnish and without the complaint of professor t w turner no other course would have been followed here are two and there are numerous other concrete examples of what may be accomplished by sane and timely appeals to our judicial tribunals our government has three well-defined departments separate and distinct each operating in a manner as a check on the other and altogether working for the common good of the whole we have resorted generally to the executive and have been satisfied with its appointment of a few men to office and with its passive execution of the laws affecting us in recent years we have arisen to the point of seeking legislation in the defence of our civil rights and it is hoped that as the years pass more of this will be done but in the judicial branch of the government is where after all we must place our reliance we need a body of trained lawyers in full sympathy with our community life eager anxious and capable prepared at an any emergency to present our cause fairly and intelligently before any tribunal and with this accomplished i have faith in the american people that justice will prevail and right triumph over every wrong i do not mean that the lawyer is to seek such service by the fomenting of litigation far from it but let him be prepared for it by study and devotion to racial ideals and when the hour comes he will be called on to marshal its forces and take charge of the legal contests of a race 
this will never be if he dreams only of his money if he thinks only of present material gain if he counts his successes in terms of houses and lands he must be willing to serve for the sake of the service the failures in our professional life come almost wholly from those who had no high ideals of their calling and no devotion to the interests of their race or country country and race in this matter are synonymous you can't serve one without at the same time serving the other the lawyer who advocates the protection of the lives the property and the civic welfare of ten millions of americans of whatever hue or origin is not a racial zealot but a patriot of the highest character and his worth in preserving the nation's ideals is beyond calculation young men you who are either about to leave these halls for the active life of the lawyer or you who are just beginning the pursuit of your studies here looking to the same end i bring you i hope no discouraging note my aim is to do the contrary the heavy burdens the race is bearing in the form of unjust laws and practices in strained constructions of statutes constitutions and the common law in the thousand ways which the ingenuity of the prejudiced find to bar us from the full enjoyment of american liberty and freedom these will some day along with those of us who are now at the bar furnish your greatest opportunity your duty then as now will be to fortify yourselves with all the learning which this institution provides with all that the libraries in your reach contain with all that close and intimate association with others of your profession will secure with sincere devotion to the ideals and traditions of our noble profession and with no less devotion to the interest of your clients and a determination faithfully and loyally and efficiently to serve your race your nation and your god end of section forty nine